It is showtime, and we are back with another edition of Talking Preps. Uh, I am Langston Wirtz. I'm a little under the weather. I got a little cough, so you guys have to excuse me today. Uh, we have the whole crew. We got Miss Sammy Sin, fresh off of her exams. Made all A's on the exams, right, Sammy? Yes, that is right. All A's. And I uh, got Gary Richmond, who uh, did not pull for the Cowboys yesterday when they played the 49ers. Sure didn't. <laughs> <laughs> slept guru slept Rick like Lewis. a baby last night. No stress. Rick Lewis, who watched 48 games last week on the NFHS Network, I'm sure. How you doing, Rick? I watched quite a few. Thank you. <laughs> the great Chelsea Simple. Where were we on the college uh, application process? Um, I'm waiting on two more schools, the 30th and 31st, so then we'll know. All right. You guys better admit this, young lady. She's going to make you proud. Cameron Williams, you are back. Oh, let me come back to Cameron. We got uh, Randall Clark, the best trainer I know, just straight out of workouts today. You know it. Straight <laughs> out of the gym. I got a chance to see Alex up in Raleigh. You guys would not believe how popular Alex is at Cardinal Gibbons. He's like a celebrity. I mean, everybody knows Alex at Cardinal Gibbons. I felt like I was in like in in around the King or something. I mean, he wouldn't even come and speak to me. I said, "Hey, Alex." He pointed at me, gave me a little point, and he walked over and talked to his people first. He, he said, "He said he'll have his people talk to your people." Yeah, basically, basically. <laughs> then, then we got my man Cam. Cam, explain to the people why you've been away for a little bit. Man, I practically felt like I was about to die last week. Um, no, I was uh, hospitalized all last week because uh, my lung had filled up <clears> with about 70 to 75% of like fluid and like uh, bacteria build up. And so it was a struggle to breathe. And uh, they actually had to put a tube in my lung, drain some of that fluid out. Uh, but they discharged me yesterday. So got home yesterday evening and I've been taking it slow. But uh, yeah, I should be good in a couple weeks. Get back to some uh, basketball coverage. We got to be back on here. We got to get you out there. Got to get you out there. Got to say happy birthday to my man Gary Richmond. Took the birthday picture with the two goats, <laughs> Christy Mitchell and Barbara Nelson. I'm not gonna call Barb Grandma this week because I get in trouble. She in that picture. She caught me as soon as I walked in South Mix uh, door, and she was like, "Who on that show has been calling me Grandma?" And I was like, "It's not me, Barb. It is not me." Uh, Barbara's, Barbara's, uh, if you ask, you know, you start talking about the best I've ever seen. She's the best uh, women's basketball coach, high, girls high school basketball coach I've ever seen, Barbara Nelson. Um, so we're going to hit the button and get started with the show. Let me find the button and we'll get started. <laughs> All right, um, rapid fire. I want to know about the best boys and girls basketball players you guys have ever seen. I want to go off with Alex, and I think I know his answer. I think Alex logged out. Alex logged out? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll go with the guru. Well, I'm basing this on, on players I actually saw at the high school level. Um, the first one was Chris Paul back in um, 2003. <clears throat> the other one was, um, excuse me, <clears throat> Raymond Felton when he played for Latta. Um, they were playing on 2002 at the old Charlotte Coliseum against Mount Zion at the time. But those were the two best I actually saw in person. Okay. Alex, who's the best boy or girl or both basketball players, high school basketball players you've ever seen? Mr. <clears throat> Christopher Emmanuel Paul. West Forsyth High School class of 2003. 
And I answer that question in the way we, I mean, we could talk about players we've seen once or twice. I'm speaking of someone whom I covered consistently and saw play many, many times throughout his career at West Forsyth. And then obviously I've had several opportunities to watch him in person in college and in the NBA. He is the best point guard out of North Carolina in the 21st century and among the 12 greatest point guards ever to play the game. He was a quintessential student athlete. He was a leader. He was an elected class officer each year at West Forsyth High School. The nicest young man you ever will meet. Very, very family oriented. Still remembers people from years ago. Very cordial. Anything that you asked of him, he was very accommodating. And what he did on the court was just beyond words. I can talk about too many of his games, whether it was the 46-point game, the last night of the regular season in the Joel Annex against R.J. Reynolds to win the conference. I can talk about his uh, – well, I wasn't at the 61-point game to begin his senior year. I was at the 46-point game. But all right, I, I could talk about all the way to after he played in the state semifinals in the game immediately after that in which the Vance girls won over McDowell to advance to the 2003 state championship game. That Vance team was coached by the one and only Mr. Gary Richmond. So, I mean, bar none, Christopher Emmanuel Paul, period. Randall's from Ohio. Oh, how did and I know this? I want to know, Randall, who's the best <laughs> high school player you've ever seen? I want to see if you tell the truth. I'm a, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. It was a winter weather advisory. Don't leave your house. Level five, do not leave your house. Unless it's an absolute emergency. The University of Dayton Arena jam-packed in a level five emergency to see the one and only LeBron James in high school play a basketball game. I kid you not. A sold-out <laughs> arena, everybody in there in a level five emergency. Yeah, that was the unfortunately that's the best high school player I've ever seen. Kim. Um Around here, I mean, I haven't been doing this too long, but uh, Wendell Moore was pretty pretty special at Cox yeah. Mill. But uh, best play I've ever seen um, in high school was Zion Williamson. I went down to Spartanburg and uh, watched him play, and he had like 36 and three quarters before they pulled him. Yeah, now Zion was special. I, I went down to Spartanburg there a couple of times. I was there the night when that guy did <laughs> a YouTube thing with the young guy went out and guarded him. He was eight foot smaller than Zion, and he was buzzing back and down. I was at that game. And the guy, little guy hit a three, and he puffed his chest up. His eyes, his eyes came down there three sixty with everybody. He, I mean, he was uh, that that kid was, was really really special. Rick Lewis, you've been around longer than most. Who's the best uh, high school player you've ever seen? The best high school player, as far yeah. as I've seen personally, you've seen personally. I would say Chris Paul. <coughs> no doubt. Paul is really special. I sat beside Alex in many a Chris Paul game. Uh, the, 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 how many was it? Sixty-one point game when his grandfather passed away. 
61 points on the opening night of his senior season Mm -hmm. in memory of his slain grandfather, Mr. Nathaniel Jones, who was a longtime businessman. He owned his own gas station in Winston-Salem. Tragic story in terms of what happened, but the way that Chris responded and channeled his energy to give a fitting tribute to his grandfather was just sterling. I got I mean, a YouTube clip of that on uh, ESPN did a story about that. Yeah. He did. Gary, I'm curious about the best girls player you've ever seen. Oh, I want this one too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know who is the best, but I'm going to give you four. All right. Okay. Andrea Stenson from North Absolutely. Maine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Saw her. Uh, the Drakeford sisters. Yes. Uh, Kanika. And then I had the fortune. My good fortune of coaching uh, her younger sister, Shanika mm-hmm. Drayford. Um, <coughs> and then Alex, I remember this one because I, I still frown every time I run into it. Latoya Pringle in the state <laughs> had a triple double against us when I was advanced in the state championship. I saw it. Uh, and then, you know, all of those, but the most unique I saw in high school as a girl, a, a girl's basketball player, was Ivory Ladder. Ivory Ladder. She was really Ivory good. Ladder, she could, really, she she could take one dribble across half court yeah. and let it go. And it was nothing but net. To have somebody who's 5'5", five, five, to average over 40 points a game in her career, no. and only be 5'5", five, five is, is remarkable. That's, that's, that's special. All right, Randall, who's yours? Well, I got two. And they were both McDonald's All-Americans from here. Tiffany Mitchell from the University of South Carolina. Hey, Mitch. I used to just fill it up in high school, and it just wasn't fair. And then your favorite, probably, Langston, Stephanie Queen B, right. the BS for basketball, yeah. Watts. That's I mean, right. the only kid, only kid I've ever Queen seen. Queen B, the BS for basketball. <laughs> exactly. Only kid I've seen get a quadruple-double points, rebounds, assists, and either steals or blocks, depending on the nights. She was just phenomenal. All right, Alex, you said you want to get in on this too. Yes. Um, everything that everyone said, Drakeford, Stinson, my my goodness, no, no doubt about it. Tiffany Mitchell, no question about any of those. I do want to mention one name from the eastern part of the Jay state. Ralph. Bingo. <laughs> That's what the I was first, say. the first young lady, <laughs> the first young lady in state history to score. 1,000 points in consecutive seasons. Public school. Public school, yeah. yes. 1,000 yeah. points in consecutive seasons. The best yeah. girls basketball player I've ever seen, I always get in trouble when I say it because Andrea Stinson was, I mean, 20 years ahead of everybody when I saw her at North Mecklenburg, uh, 86, 87 in there. Um Kanika Drakeford was so good. Parade tried to put her on the Parade All-America team, and she had missed the entire season with a knee injury. That's how good she was. She was mm-hmm. just – I mean, I've never seen a girls basketball player like that. She's a state's all-time leading scorer. She's got the number one – the highest single-game point total. One year she averaged 44 points and 32 rebounds. I mean, she was just just something I, I've, I've never seen like that. Uh, and I think she would be – I mean, she wouldn't average those no. types of today, but she'd be just as dominant today. So I, 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 I think Danica and Andre are like 1A and 1B for me. Yeah. There's one boys I'm surprised we haven't heard. Um, I was working 
and coaching at Providence while Antoine Jameson was there. Antoine would definitely be in the top five players. That I've ever yeah. Seen. Antoine was, uh, so Antoine I got to see special, almost special. all his high school games. And Antoine Jameson was unstoppable. You know, unfortunately, Antoine Jameson today would go play for prolific prep or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let, me, let me ask you this one. Let me ask you this one. Yeah. Are we talking strictly high school <laughs> Or are we talking what they became? And the reason I asked oh, that's two different questions because then you got to put in uh, Wardell once you start talking about what they became. But yeah, I'm, I'm really just talking about strictly. Yeah, school. and you have to put in James Worthy. I, I got yeah. to see him play twice. Yeah, but Wardell school. is on a level unto himself. Stephen yeah. Curry, for those yeah, who don't if, know. if we want to talk strictly high school, <clears throat> then this conversation must include Jason Parker. Oh, yeah, Jason Parker is one of the all-time greats. I mean, but I'm saying the best I've seen. I wouldn't say he's the best. He's one of the best I've seen. Um, but speaking of best, uh, I want to ask Alex, is the West clearly better than the East, boys and girls, this season? Well, you, you got to break down that question in two parts. Is the West better than the East <laughs> a depth? perspective i think so is the west better than the east in terms of how things could end up on championship day uh not so fast because the east has one maybe two teams in each classification if the bracketing works out correctly could win over the west but is the west top to bottom better than the East? I think so. Students' perspective. Chelsea, what do you think? Is the West better than the East? Do you guys like start trembling when you see the West team up there? Um, I like the way Alex worded it, that I definitely agree that the West has more depth. But I think as far as the East, like he was saying, there's always those, you know, one to two teams in each classification. And I think one thing that's really changed, especially in my conference, um, when it used to be the Cap 7, we had like, Leesville, Millbrook, Broughton, those were all really um, powerhouse teams that, you know, super great competition all the time. And we don't really have that anymore. Millbrook's out of the conference. And I don't think this year, you know, Broughton and Leesville are what they have been in the past. So I think now we don't hear as many East names, but the West, you know, I mean, you guys have a whole list of all the teams in the West and, you know, the depth that's absolutely there. And I don't think it is in the East. Richard, what do you think? Well, I think Farmville Central is a, a shoe-in for the 2A. I think North Surrey might have some competition, but, you know, Farmville Central is just so talented. And then the other team from the East, I think, has a chance to win the state championship would be Northwood out of Pittsburgh. So it could go 2-2 two and two this year for state championships. I, I do think um, the 4A championship will either be North Mac or Myers Park. Randall and Cam, you guys buying that? I agree. I definitely see it going I, two and two. Yep. Randall, what do you think? I, I I can see that happening. I can see it going two and two. I think you know the hard part with the West is that the West, you know, like Alex said, they have a lot of depth over here, so they beat up on each other a lot, and uh, some that sometimes that can be a problem once you get to state final. Gary, you think the girls is two and two? Uh, probably. The West is always mm. going to be more battle tested. But once you get to the state championship game itself, it basically comes down to matchups. 
Good point. Good point. Well, I want to ask uh, Randall, every year we see top North Carolina players leaving the state, going to California, going to Missouri, going to Florida to play on a national stage and against a national schedule. Do you think that's necessary in 2023? I think it depends on the, on the kids in prior years. I think it's a, it's a case by case basis, but I think for this class of 2024, (laughs) nobody needs to leave. I don't think any of them need to go anywhere. I think they're getting everything that they need right here. This is just my personal opinion. And, uh, you know, I know we've had a couple players in the, that class that have left, um, and hopefully they come back because I think that class specifically, um, they, get, they get everything that they need right here. Right. Absolutely. Alex, one minute. <laughs> I knew he was going to disagree with what I was going to say, but, yeah. Go but ahead. One minute, Alex. One minute. One minute. I have every reason to agree with Sir Randall Clark. No one. I got to timestamp this. (laughs) No one. No one needs to go anywhere. The question, do North Carolina stars need need to leave the play on a national stage? This is a national stage. The class of 2024 is in position (laughs) to stamp its legacy as arguably the greatest class in North Carolina history. We still got to get past 2002, but the pieces are in place for it to happen if everyone stays on what already is a national stage. Now, we all know that had had everyone stayed in 1993, nobody would have touched that class, not even today. I'm talking about Jerry Stackhouse and Jeff McGinnis, both of whom left the state. The ones who stayed behind, Thad Bonaparte, DeMarco Johnson, Eric Polite, Jeff Capel, for all (coughs) all you guys out there, Jeff Capel, that would have been three McDonald's All-Americans among the top 10 in the country. Nobody would have touched that class, but they didn't stay. If everybody stays on this national stage and and north carolina is a national stage if everyone stays this could end up as the best class the state's ever seen okay um rick real quick real quick rick yeah you currently have 15 players in the uh, 2024 class as probably high major prospects in the (coughs) top five six or seven they're all top 50 players nationally um so they're getting everything they need in the state of north carolina and you know we we said this before but if you look at the players in the NBA today that's come out of North Carolina, there's one thing in common. The ones that are doing extremely well all went to a four-year school. Um, most recently, Pat Williams at West Charlotte, you know, Chicago Bulls. If you need to look at Brandon Egram, Reggie Bullock, Kinston, four years at Kinston. I can go on and on. But, you know, you don't have to leave the state. Um, all the national scouts realize the amount of talent in the state of North Carolina. And um, – just to show you one thing, Paul McNeil, who was the Gatorade Player of the Year the year before, went out to Prolific Prep and transferred back to Richmond. Great point. Great point. One Gary. more point, Langston. They they yeah. all play nationally in the summer, so yes. that feel for traveling and get, being seen all over the country, they get that in the summer. So you don't need to do it during the academic year. One point that I, I don't know if I read it or Rick or somebody was telling me that, you know, you go out and play all these on these national teams, you go out and play these schools and there's very few fans. A lot of times 
in these national tournaments versus playing in your home state where it's sold out like what Rick had uh, a couple weeks ago with, with Myers Park and Carmel Christian. To me, that's the environment I'd want to play in on a week-by-week basis. But, Gary, um, years ago, CMS set a precedent when they came up with a 2.0 requirement to play uh, athletics. Is that requirement too low now? Do we need to raise it, or is it still good enough at 2.0? Uh, I think you need to raise it because a 2-0 is not going to get you playing college ball. But at, at the same time, you know, we, we all understand that 95% or more are not going to go on to play in college. So yeah. uh, I think it needs to be raised. I think a 2-0 is, especially in this age of, of laptop academics, it definitely needs to be raised. Chelsea, I, I know we didn't talk about this ahead of time. I'm just curious, as a student, what would you think about having to have a 2-2 two, two or 2-3 two, as a floor to play sports? Is that asking too much? Um, I think it's considerably low, but I also think that, you know, there are a lot of students where this is, like, what they can get and this is what is reasonable for them. Mm-hmm. But I think another thing is this might be, like, a counter rule, but I know a lot of coaches – take their individual responsibility to put higher standards on their student athletes. So I think it might be a county thing, but another thing is, you know, coaches take their own pathway with that. Sure. Cam, you get the last word here. Uh, Yeah, I think it's too low. I mean, coming from someone who played four years uh, varsity golf, I mean, I took AP and honors classes. And I think if you're 2.0, if you can't manage that, I think it's a lack of application. Um, You know, it's a C average. Um, so I definitely think that's too low. I think it should be like a 2.5 or maybe even a 3.0. Ooh, 3.0 to play sports. That's quite a bit. Jeez. All right. Cam, I would expect that from Alex, not from you. Jeez. <laughs> that's a tough take right there. Academics first, baby. All right. Well, it's time for to see who Randall picked. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I forgot. I forgot. We got a sponsor this week, and I forgot to uh, big up our sponsor. I want to make sure we do that. One Hour Heating and Air is uh, now one of the sponsors for Talking Preps. I want to welcome them to the show. And if you guys need – uh, heating and air work done at your house. You just need to check up to make sure everything's working well. Make sure to get those guys a call at one hour heating there. They'll take care of you. All right. Now we're going to find out who Randall picked as his players of the week. The Randall's rock stars. On the backside of this, Randall's going to lose to Cameron Kitchen on the game show. And we're back. We have another episode this week. My top five players of the week from the Charlotte Observer. And we're going to start off with the Lake Norman starting five. They all came out on Tuesday night and set the tone early. All five scores finishing in double digits. Samaya suffering from Cannon next up on the list. She had 21 points and 14 rebounds and five assists on Friday night versus versus, uh, Providence Day. And, and their team's second win of the week. Next on the list is Maddie Lust from Lincoln Charter. She had eight three-pointers in a 31-point performance uh, and a win over Pine Lake Prep on Friday. And Devin Long from Olympic scored 48 points and added eight steals in her performance Friday night versus Harding. Last but not li- least on my list for this week, one of my favorite people, not only favorite players, Miss Blanca Thomas from Charlotte Catholic, who started off this week versus Bishop McGinnis with 37 points and 21, 21 rebounds. 
Also had three blocks, three steals, and three assists to go with that. And then followed it up with a 16-point performance in her team's win versus Providence on Friday evening. Blanca, how are you today? Good. How are you? I'm great. Always good to talk to you. So I guess we start with, with Tuesday night. Uh, a lot of coaches in the stands to come watch you play. And and you set the tone early. What was your mindset going into Tuesday? Um, I knew Bishop McGinnis was a well-coached team because I'm familiar with um, their head coach because he was on the USA committee. So I knew they were going to be well-coached, and I know a few of their guards. Um, a bunch of people came into it thinking that a 1A school wasn't going to be tough competition for us since we're 4A, but they were really – I mean, they moved the ball well, and I was just ready to be prepared for what they had for us. That's awesome. So following it up, you know, I think the expectations for you guys were really, really high and you guys kind of got off to a slow start. How is the mindset right now for you and your teammates as there are, you know, a lot of people that are already counting you guys out and uh, everyone's talking about how good Lake Norman is? Um, I mean, we all – we did have the rocky start, but – we all kind of have this mindset now of just going one game at a time and not trying to be perfect and just making sure we work as a team because that was the main issue for us. We kind of just like we weren't working together and the chemistry wasn't really there. So now that we're all like working together and just taking it one game at a time, we're trying to get way farther. All right. Last but not least, Blanca, last song we're listening to Tuesday night before the big game versus Independence. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know. Uh, all right. So what? All right. So last Tuesday, what was the last song you listened to before you went on played against Bishop McGinnis? Bishop McGinnis. Oh, it was. We do our team does Cotton Eye Joe, but that's so embarrassing. Our team does Cotton Eye Joe before every game, and that was the last song I listened to. <laughs> and then Conrad comes in and talks to us. So. That's so funny. All right, Blanca. Another question for you is just, you know, the big game versus Independence this week. They beat you guys the first time um, protecting home court at their place. What's what are some of the keys to to getting back um, that that first lost versus Independence on Tuesday? Going back and watching film, it was just very slow, like watching our whole team. And it just looked like we didn't have that energy of like wanting to compete and winning because that's our biggest rivalry in our conference. Like we all know that. And I think just going in with a different mindset and just per being prepared for, like, all the plays that they're going to have for us. I mean, they have really good guard play, but, they ha I mean, we have a size advantage. So as long as we use that and we work together, I think we should be fine. Well, thank you again, Blogger, for coming on today. We appreciate the time, and good luck Tuesday night. Thank you. And if you would like to be one of Randall's rock stars, feel free to contact me on Instagram or Twitter at the 1RC. I would love to hear from you. See you guys next week. All right. So now we got Cameron Kitchen. You heard, Cameron, what Blanca said about the game Tuesday. I want to know what you're thinking about uh, what she said and then what are the keys to victory beating them second time for the season? Um, I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. You know, it's always a good game when we play them. Uh, like she said, they have the size advantage. So it's really just toning in our defense and the little details that we've been working on in practice because, I mean, we have, of course, gotten better since last we played them and saw they. So, I mean, we're just ready to come out and have a dogfight. Randall, what do you think that game's going to be like on Tuesday night? Cameron, can anybody guard you on that team? No comment. 
I wanted to see which camera kitchen was going to show up today. I was going to see which one. I know Now I know I'm definitely winning the game. She was the modest and I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to put your highlights up on the screen. Um, you're a shooter, right? Yeah, I like to say so. How, how'd you how'd you uh, learn how to, to stroke it from so far away from the basket the way that you can do? I don't even know. I mean, like that. I just said I, just I know how. Basketball I know game. the answer to that. <laughs> you had a coach. You had a coach a couple years ago that let you shoot it from wherever you wanted to. Look it's not that. Randall, if you guys were wondering. <laughs> How, how many shots do you take, like, a day or a week? I mean, how dedicated are you to this crap? Oh, look at the handles, too. How dedicated um, I mean, are you to this Usually we do practice, so we usually have about two hours, two and a half hour practice, and I usually get up shots after for about an hour. So, I mean, I say I get up at least 300, 400 shots a day. Ooh, step back. You got the whole package. <laughs> a little walk right there, though. We'll, we'll please go please do not time. encourage her madness at Langston. I like it, man. You know, I like the shooter. Is that what we're going to call it? Look at that. I love that. I love a shooter. How many threes are you going to drop tomorrow against Charlotte Catholic? They won't watch. You can say it. I don't watching. know. You know, I don't like to say too much about the games, predicting them, but just I'm going to get some shots up. <laughs> <laughs> Randall, how, how special is this young lady? How good is she going to be down the road? Uh, yeah, two more years of high school. You know, the funny part is, like, when I first got her, she had just started playing. And you would never have been able to know it just because by how she carried herself and just her mentality and her approach to the game. And, uh, you know, she's only gotten better. Um, you know, when she finally got to high school, there was a confidence there coming off of that summer that I didn't expect so early on. And it's kind of just groomed and just watching her blossom and turn into the player that she's becoming. Now that she finally stopped kicking that soccer ball around so much, it has been great. Kimmy, did you play football in middle school? Yeah, I did. I was looking for your highlights. I, saw, I went on Huddle, and I saw you, like, in middle school in Union County playing football. What was that like? <laughs> I mean, it was fun. Uh, it was my first year of middle school, and I kind of just, like, I told my mom I want to play football, and she was like, you can play tackle until the boys get bigger than you. And so yeah. I just played, like, everything. I was wide receiver. I was quarterback. I was punter. Wow. Did you score? I sure did. Wow. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, on the on the show, um, you have to take on Randall on the game show portion, and I think he's one one and one for the year. Is that right, Randall? No, I haven't lost yet. No, you you have lost. Did he lose? Ooh, last week? I had one. No, huh? no, he, okay. I haven't lost one, yet. Right? Okay, all right. Well, Cameron, you can be the first L today. How about that? <laughs> okay. All right, so I'm contractually obligated to play his little theme music, and then on, then Chelsea's going to read the question. You'll be first, and then the second question, Sammy will read, and you'll be second. And there's five questions, so just make sure you get at least three right, so you can knock it. <laughs> Let me play his little theme music. I'm Randall Clark. I am not Sam Griner. You will not beat me on the game show. All right, Chelsea. All right. Which one of these players leads the ACC in scoring this season? A, Haley <laughs> Leith, Louisville. B, Tanaya Lotson, Florida State. C, Olivia Miles, Notre Dame. Or D, Kennedy Todd Williams, UNC. All right, Cameron, let's get off to a good start. What's the right answer? Olivia Miles. Olivia Miles. 
Randall, what you got? Yeah, see Olivia Miles. Nope, the answer is Tania Watson from Florida State, and we are still tied at zero. Dang, Randall. I, know, I thought we gonna. I, I, I thought we were gonna get you off to a good start, but maybe we'll maybe we'll do better with Sammy right here. Let's go, Sammy. NC State has won the past three ACC women's tournament titles. Which team won before the Wolf Wolfpack in 2019? A. Louisville, B. Duke, C. UNC, D. Notre Dame. Randall, what's the answer? D. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. What you got, Kim? Louisville. Louisville. The answer is Notre Dame. Oh. They beat Louisville 99 to 79 before NC State won their run. So Randall, he was very confident in that. I was hoping you were gonna pick up the way he answered so fast. <laughs> Whatever. You can still you can still do this. We just gotta do it from behind. We can do it from behind. All right. Uh Chelsea. Who leads the WNBA in rebounds this season? A. Sylvia Fowles, Minnesota, B. Aja Wilson, Las Vegas, C. Candace Parker, Chicago, or D. Alyssa Thomas, Connecticut. All right, Cameron. Oh, God. I'm going to go with A. Silly Files. What you got, Randall? B, Asia Wilson. Ah, I, th- I knew I was going to get you. I knew I was going to get you, Randall. <laughs> you thought it was New Goat, didn't you? Yep, I did. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I called Don Staley the New Goat of women's college basketball, and I knew that Randall was going to pick A.J. Wilson guy for him. And that's a Silly Files. So we are tied one to one. Wow, Cam, that's impressive right there. I got it. Right. What did Cam say? She said foul. She got it right. Oh, oh yeah, she got it right. Yeah, she got it right. Uh, all right, so we're tied at one, one all, and it's on Sammy. Let's go. This former Batman is the star of the Netflix hit film The Pale Blue Eye. Name him: A. Michael <coughs> B. Ben Affleck, C. Christian Bale, D. George Clooney. Randall. B. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. What you got, Cam? Am I supposed to know this? No. I thought that a young person would know the net, the hot movie on Netflix. <laughs> no. I mean, I have a little trust in Randall, so I'm going to go with Randall's answer. No, the answer is Christian Bale. I knew C. it. Dang, I was I was between Bale and Affleck, and I just remember seeing Affleck the other day on Netflix on a Netflix commercial. Dang. All right, no pressure, Cam. We're tied at one. You get to answer this last question first. No pressure. Here we go, Chelsea. How old was Britney Spears when her hit, Baby, One More Time, debuted in 1998? A, 15, B, 16, C, 17, or D, 18? Cameron, what is the right answer? 17. C, 17. Randall, what you got? B, 16. Dang, Randall stole it. Hit me, baby, one more time. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Yeah, he got you, Kim. Yeah, I'm sorry. But uh, good Damn, luck tomorrow. It's okay, everybody. Everybody, it happens to everybody. Tell, it's tell okay. I lost twice, Kim. It happens to everybody. Tell you Coach Galvani, I said, what's up? I, I cover her in high school. It's crazy that she's coaching high school now. It just seemed like yesterday we were taking a picture of her and her dad. She played like nine gazillion sports that North Mac was really good at all of them. And she's become one heck of a coach now in Independence. So good luck to you guys tomorrow. Should be a great game. Two of the best players in the state going at it with Cam Kitchen and Blanca Thomas. And Randall will have half an Independence shirt and half of a Catholic shirt on at the game with his pom-poms. Randall, you're coming for once? Oh, here ooh. we go. Oh, for once. Was I not at Independence versus Catholic last year at Independence, Cameron Kitchen? But you didn't want to show up at the Catholic game. Uh, so. Here we go. I can't uh, be everywhere every every night, Cam. <laughs> 
All right, Cameron, listen, take care. Good luck, all right? All right, thank you. All right. Dang, Randall, you get so lucky. All right, we got to drop a spot for our sponsor on the backside. Sammy's going to drop a video. Dependworthy isn't in the dictionary. That's what you get for sticking your nose in books. I kind of thought Dependworthy would be in the dictionary by now. Bunch of dictionary eggheads. They don't know nothing about installing air conditioners. I was just... Doing it the one hour away. Just making small talk. Meaning no mistakes. If we make one, we make it right. Free. Of course. Wow, when I run for president... No, 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 no. Let's not even go there. One hour heating and air. Dependworthy to the end. All right, make sure if you guys need uh, heat and air conditioning service, give them a call at one hour heat and air. Sammy, it is on you. Who did you talk to this week? What was it like? I talked to Kristen Lewis. She's a senior at Lake Norman High. She was very sweet and it was very fun interviewing her. All right, we're going to drop the interview. everyone. Welcome to 5 Minutes with Sammy. Today we're here with Kristen Lewis. She's a point guard at Lake Norman High. So Kristen, you are the so-called leader of the unbeaten 16-0 Lake Norman girls team. How did you get to that point and earn that name? So basically, um, I'm the leader of the team because I'm the only senior. I've played here for four years with Mackenzie. I've known her since um, middle school and I guess everybody looks at me, you know, being the point guard and the head of the team. So that's where that name comes from. How did it feel to win at the International Cherokee Invitational? That was big because probably the best competition we faced all year. Um, a lot of D1 girls on great teams and coming away with that win was big, big statement. It definitely boosted us up in the ranks and we ended up being ranked in the top 40 national. I hear Lake Norman girls team is undefeated. How does your team work together and practice to be successful? That's definitely come with playing with each other for years and um, putting in the work at practice. Um, we've bonded on and off the court and I think it shows in each of our games. What has been your favorite game this season and why? Definitely the championship at Cherokee because we played um, Charlotte Catholic and they beat us last year in the state playoffs in the third round. So beating them how we did by like 30 points was a big statement for us that this year we're better than we were last year and we're going for that state championship. Have you committed to any colleges yet and are you going to be playing basketball in college and make a career out of it? I'm definitely going to be playing in college. I haven't committed yet. Um, I'm still going on a couple more of my visits, but I'll be committing at the end of this season. Okay, thank you so much. All right, Sammy Sin, thank you once again for another outstanding piece as you set us up so well for an extraordinary week, an extraordinary Tuesday of women's basketball. I think, like I said last week, it's the same kind of deal. We're about to hear some theme music, Ladies' Night. Now, this isn't Ladies' Night. This is Ladies' Week. My gosh. Roll it. Tuesday night, it is. 
ladies night and yet another ladies week so let's not waste any time on this let's go ahead and get to these games and let's go ahead and start off with the one everyone's talking about we've talked about it on the show already let's let's go ahead and get it going who wants catholic and independence first i'll go okay. oh go ahead gary coach richmond feel free go ahead uh, this this is probably the 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 regular season game of the year. Um, they're playing for a conference title. Uh, each team has the opportunity to to uh, decide their own fate. You know they don't have to look around and 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 hope somebody else loses. Uh, it's it's going to be a competition between size and and skill. Not saying that the other team is not skilled. They're both very skilled. Um, but who can who can play the style that they want to play? Uh, you know, Catholic wants to go inside out. Um, I think Independence is more of an outside penetrate in. Uh, so it, it's an interesting contest among styles, and and um, I'm gonna get in the car and I'm going to see it tomorrow. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling. Go ahead, Randall. I think it's going to be a great game. I think the first time Independence did a great job. Their game plan worked. They executed it well. They just made shots, and making shots makes everything easier, uh, especially when you're perimeter-based. Um, so, you know, Coach Richmond was 100% right. It's going to be perimeter versus post, and and we'll see who, who who's, who's will, you know, who's able to will their team to victory tomorrow night. You're up, Cam. I think you're going to see a big game from Blanca Thomas this time around. I mean, I'm I'm going like a 25 and 12 type game from her. Um, I think Catholic will win it. I think they'll get uh, their get back. But I mean, it's it's like Gary said, they're two contrasting styles. But I think uh, the the size advantage will uh, prevail for Catholic in this time around. Let's hear from our media relations expert at the girls tournament at the John Wall Invitational. Okay, Chelsea. I have Catholic with this one. I think when you're down a game, you know, you're getting that revenge for the next win. So. I think it's absolutely going to be a dog fight, but, you know, it really is, like y'all said, post versus perimeter and just see who gets the willpower in that. Rick, you're a guru for all seasons. Anything you want to throw in here? I'm going to try to check the game out and get firsthand um, glimpse at Independence. I've, I've seen Char um, Charlotte Catholic this season, but I haven't seen Independence. I know Lauren does a really good job at um, Independence, so I'm anxious to see that particular game. And I'll also say for the record that one of the biggest blessings is this game is being played on a Tuesday night. So since the game is being played on a Tuesday night and the North Mecklenburg boys are playing, the Independence doorkeepers don't have to worry about keeping Dwayne Lewis out. <laughs> oh, this is going to be it's going to be a great game. This it, I'm not going to add to anything that anyone else has said. Go to the game and enjoy the game. All right, we got. The Butler at Providence, uh, Cannon at Charlotte Latin. All right, Cannon coming off a huge win last week over Providence Day. Obviously, that's always a signature CISAA deal. Is this a trap game, or is Cannon in position to keep this rolling after that big win? Gary, start us off. Um, I think Cannon has too many weapons. Um, you know, usually when when you have when you see a trap game, it's a matter of, of one or two players being off. But Cannon is so deep 
even if one or two players are off, I think they can overcome that. So uh, I'm not expecting any kind of letdown from, from uh, Cannon. All right, let's go to uh, North Meck and Mallard Creek. Uh, North Mecklenburg with uh, Coach Jennifer Baker, who just flies under the radar and, and, and does her thing and turns out a consistent winner year in and year out. This year is no different. Uh, Randall, talk to us a little bit about that game among Friday night. I think this is a, this is a true test for Mallard Creek. Um, I think we, we know what North Meck brings to the table and what they're going to get, but I think for Elstone – and Coach Dixon and, and those girls over there, uh, being a young Mallard Creek team and having this matchup at home, I think this is a huge game for them. And, uh, you know, I know the, these kids just got done with final exams last week. Uh, on the basketball floor, I feel like this is this is the midterm for the, this Mallard Creek team. We're really going to be able to gauge where they're at Friday night. Anybody want to throw anything in on our, our good friend Barbara Nelson at Myers Park? Um uh, Anyone want to uh, use the the uh, name reference, uh, which uh, several people have shied away from after uh, one of Randall's protégés used it on the show here? Uh, anything want to say anything about that before we uh, conclude? You're not uh, getting yeah. me to take that bait. Yeah, that, that, that young coach at Myers Park, Barbara Nelson. <laughs> uh, I, I think Myers Park and South Mech are at a different tier than the rest of that conference. So I don't expect Myers Park to have any problems with Audrey Kell. Um, and in the uh, Mallet Creek North game, I'm interested to see it. Is Mallet Creek ready to take the next step? Um, they've had a, a very good season, a surprising season by some standards. But uh, if they want to get to the next tier, what they're what – they're, aiming for is going to be right in front of them because I think North Mech is hands down um, one of the top teams in the state, if not the top. Well, there you have it right there. A couple of other games to watch this week. Alexander Central heading up to Ash County toward in the mountains and Northwest Cabarrus at West Rowan. Once again, this is not ladies night. This is ladies week yet again. And now we're going to go to Rick Lewis, who has the unenviable task of following this set of, of wonderful games and talking about what the boys are going to bring to the table. But I know Rick will give it a go here. What, what, what we got here? Let's, let, let's get going. Well, the, the most important thing as far as the games that we have this particular week, we have games that feature, you know, conference games where you got the first place team playing the second place team and they're separated by either one game or tied for first, second place. So, you know, Looking at the game, Cannon at Latin. Um, Latin had a great performance this past weekend against Charlotte Christian. Anytime you go into Latin, it's going to be a dogfight. Um, I think that's going to be a game that Cannon needs to win. They're 4-0 in the conference, and Latin is at 3-1. and But Cannon just has too much firepower. But, you know, don't count out Latin. Um, Weddington, <clears throat> excuse me. Weddington is 11 and 7 and they're 5 and 1 in the conference and they're going up against Piedmont and Piedmont is 4 and 2 in the conference and the first go around um Weddington won by 2 points at home. So I usually go with the home team in this particular case and I'm looking for Piedmont to pull out the um pull out the win. Um you have Hickory 
and North Lincoln. Hickory is undefeated in the Western Foothills Conference going up against North Lincoln. North Lincoln's only lost one game in the conference. Again, it was to Hickory on the road. It was a very close game. Um, that being said, Hickory is 17-1. and one. Um, They have great balance. They have four underclassmen that average over 10 points a game. So I think Hickory's the team there um, in that particular situation. West Cabarrus at Cox Mill. Um, Cox Mill sitting there with a 5-3 and three record. Um, they have Langston Boyd back. I think they're poised to make a nice run. Um, they're going to need a little help from some other teams to beat Lake Norman. And um, also, you know, West Cabarrus is fighting for that top spot. Um, Kings Mountain at Hunter's Huss. There's a freshman, um, Bradley Floyd, um, to be on the radar. He's 6'4", 6'5", averaging 18 points a game, one of the top freshmen in the state. So he's someone to basically put on your radar. Um, Myers Park at Audrey Kale, you know, unfortunately, Myers Park just has too much firepower there. You know, they have four collegiate uh, prospects that's averaging over 10 points a game. I think the game of the week on this particular list is East Mech at Butler. Um, I think this is going to be a great game. Um, East Mech has two losses in the conference, and Butler has one. Um, the last time they played, East Mech pulled out a one-point win on a last-second shot over Butler. Butler's only loss, I think, came to um, – I'm not sure who they lost to in the conference, but I do know they they did beat um, Charlotte Catholic on the road. I think they lost at home to um, Independence. But I think that's going to be the game of the week in the area, and I think that particular conference is so balanced for the top – three to four positions. Anybody else want to chime in on any of these great games before we uh, look at some of uh, Rick's stars of the week? I think, I think that cat and that, that cannon at Latin game tomorrow night is going to be a fun one. I think cannon sometimes falls asleep defensively. And if they let this Latin team hang around for too long, they could find themselves in, 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 a, in a true, true test tomorrow night uh, on the road. There'll be no shortage of three-point shots in that particular game. No, I mean, between between Ned Hall and Austin Schwartz, I'm definitely expecting to the, in the mid to high, you know, 15 to 20 point or 15 to 20 makes between the two of them from the three-point line would not surprise me at all. Hey, Rick, let me ask you something. You know anything about the team out of Georgia that, that North Mech is going to play on Saturday? It's, it's kind of unusual to have a uh, – um, a non-conference out-of-town trip in the middle of the second half of the conference season. You know anything about that team? They're just a traditional powerhouse in the, in the state of Georgia. I, th- I looked on Max Prep. I think in the state of Georgia, they're one of the top 10 teams in the state. Um, I don't know a lot about their personnel. I think it's a game. Um, now, is Northbeck traveling to Milton? Uh, it says, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll be an interesting game. I think that'll be a big game for North Mech. Um, you know, North Mech is looking for that national attention. You know, they're 17 and one in the state. You know, I think a lot of people, um, you know, are picking Myers Park and North Mech as the two top teams. I think that's a game that, you know, I think North Mech will have, you know, come in with a little chip on their shoulder. 
Once again, an opportunity to travel out of state and affirm the commitment of Dwayne Lewis to cultivating new opportunities for the efficacy of education-based athletics among his student athletes. So uh, very, very impressive there. All right, so we had a great set of games there. Once again, well done by the entire panel here. Let's talk about players of the week. All right. And welcome back. We are here with another edition of Rick's Picks for this week. The guru, Rick Lewis, will give us his top five boys' performances from the week. Well, starting out the week was Tuesday night. I watched the um, Mooresville and Lake Norman game at Lake Norman and two super sophomores to really um, be aware of. Um, we had 6-6. Trey McKinnon had 25 points, 10 rebounds. 6-9 um, Trent Steinauer had 20 points, um, 10 rebounds, 6 blocks. Um, so they combined for 45 points, 20 rebounds. And Trent Steinauer is coming off an ankle injury. So uh, look for Nor um, Lake Norman to make a run. I think they should be the favorite to win the um, Greater Metro um, Conference and make a playoff run as well. Uh, next up is Langston Boyd at Cox Mill. They were playing at home to Morrisville Friday night. Monster game of 28 points, eight rebounds, four assists, two steals. Just does a little bit of everything on the basketball court. And um, next up, we have one of our players it's, as far as on our player watch of the year. And that's 6'4", Austin Swartz of Cannon. One of the most improved players in the state of North Carolina. Um, I'm very surprised that he's not on a lot of the national top 100 list. Um, I think he will be by the end of the summer. But a great game. Um, they needed it. They had a one-point victory over Providence Day and came up with 38 points, eight rebounds, and a 60-59 to overtime win over a very good team. Um, next up, we have Ned Hall. I think Ned's just been doing it all year. He's sort of the do-it-all guard for Charlotte Latin, um, fundamentally sound, high IQ, and um, 32 points and a win over uh, Charlotte Christian Friday night, which was a big win for their conference. And, you know, he's been averaging 28 points over the last five to six games. And last up, we have someone that's from my hometown and from my alma mater, Beckham Sharp, 6'8". Um, his hobbies are hunting and fishing. And, um, <laughs> in addition to hunting and fishing, um, got the 50-piece um, Friday night. So congratulations. Yes, sir. Thank you. Beckham, I want to start off, first of all, by saying congratulations. But I just want to ask you, like, when you're in that game and, and you get it rolling early, what, what's going through your head as your teammates are just feeding you the basketball? I think – at first, I was kind of like, well, you know, it's, it's a good game. I think I had like 24 at half, and then I ended up scoring, I think, 37 in the third, and the coaches were like, well, do we leave him in and let him try to get it, or it's a blowout? What do we do? What do we do? And I ended up leaving me in, and I scored like two quick back-to-back -back baskets, and they're like, oh, gosh, we got to go for it now. So they ended up letting me get it. That, that's awesome, man. And, and you know, we're watching some of the highlights here. And you just scored them in a variety of ways. And I think that's what makes the, the 50 piece so special. Yes, sir. I, I end up having one three pointer, a little unusual for me, but it fell. <laughs> Beckham, speaking to your high school coach, um, you know, you're averaging over 25 points a year, but you're shooting 70% from the floor, which is pretty remarkable. Um, are most of all those points um, coming off points in the paint um, or are you venturing anywhere out to the mid-range and, like you said, occasionally stepping out hitting the three-pointer? 
Oh, I'd say most of my points do come in the paint, whether post moves or whether they we run a little play or we got some sets we run to get me the ball. But I'm starting to starting to get out there to the three point range and hit one or two. Um, Beckham, another thing. Um, this summer you you took the summer off from playing travel ball. You've been playing, you know, the previous seasons with the Carolina Riptide. And then um what was your decision and um just taking the summer off going into your senior year? Uh I guess I've played since sixth grade and I guess my junior year we, we hit it really hard with Coach Cowley and those guys and Coach Hodges. And so I kinda felt like I just want to step away and see what it was like and you know, go on some trips, go fishing, hunting, like y'all said. <laughs> but I definitely realized when I came back, I probably should have played a little bit more because I was a little bit rusty. One more thing. I was speaking to Coach Hodges the other night, and you know, he was talking about a wonderful person you are. He goes, he sent you a note saying congratulations on the 50-piece, and um, you replied back stating, uh, a blind pick stumbles upon an acorn every now and then. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, the blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. That's my go-to <laughs> for him. <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations once again, Beckham, on a great night, and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Congratulations. And if you want to be one of the gurus, Coach Rick's picks, feel free to reach out to him on social media, at Coach Rick 57 on both Twitter and Instagram. Coach Rick, as always, we appreciate you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. All right, once again, I don't need to remind anyone of the happiest place on earth, a place in which we all are just happy to be living. I'm talking about Chelsea's world. Thank you, Alex. You in Chelsea's world once again. Take it away. So this week I interviewed someone actually off of Rick's picks. This week was Ned Hull from Charlotte Latin. And I really enjoyed um, interviewing someone from the Charlotte area because over in here in Raleigh, that's kind of what I know. And getting a look into the West hoops. So, again, to anyone who wants to be featured, if you're from, you know, Charlotte, Greenville, Mountains, anywhere in North Carolina, reach out to me at Chelsea Sipple, and I'd love to get you featured. Here we go. It's Chelsea's world. week I'm interviewing senior Ned Hull from Charlotte Latin High School from the boys basketball team and Ned I saw a tweet recently talking about your last five games and your statistics you're averaging 28.6 points per game with those last five games talk about what really kicked off that performance uh, I mean I would really say our it's really our team starting to click more we have a bunch of young kids that I mean, we haven't really played a lot together. So, I mean, this past second half of the season, we started to play together a lot better. And our coaches have really got a good scheme going with all the plays and know, like, what we should do and when we should do it and how to get the ball open and move the ball around and get good shots. Absolutely. And, Ned, you guys have played a lot of competitive games so far this season. Which matchup so far has been your favorite? I would say our game in the Anthony Mars shootout versus the Bowlington School. That game was really – Back and forth, our defense really showed out, and we really coached our coach was really happy with our defense effort in that game. And we kind of went down and we fought back, down 13 in the fourth quarter, and we came back and won in front of our fans. It was really nice. Absolutely. And this is your senior year. You only have so many games left in the schedule. Which one are you still most looking forward to? I mean, I would say 
all of them, you know, it's really a great opportunity when we play conference and everybody's really competitive and the games, yeah, and our coach always says, enjoy the moment and we got to take everything in. So it's really just every conference game in the playoffs after that. Absolutely. And you know, Chart and Latin and the program so well. Talk about the culture there that makes you guys so successful. I would say it's the brotherhood. Everybody loves each other. We come in and we play for each other. We're not playing for anybody else. Everybody's always together. The coaches really love us. They want the best of us. They may yell at us sometimes, but they only do it because they love us and want us to get better. So it's really just everybody playing together, doing the little things for each other, helping each other out, up up the floor, pointing to the passer. I mean, that's really what Charlotte basketball is all about. For sure. And again, your senior year, talk about some of your takeaways and what you really cherish from your time with the school. I mean, it's really been fun. Last year, we went in the Final Four. Sophomore year, I didn't really know what I was doing out there on the court, but we played together. We had fun. Last year, we had really fun together. When we beat a lot of teams that nobody really thought we were going to beat. But, I mean, it's really just gone these seven seniors that have died and playing basketball together since seventh grade. So it's really fun just playing with them and going out there every single time on the court and giving it our all together. Absolutely. And Ned, to get to know you as an athlete, talk about your game style. Uh, I like to say I probably play like Clay Thompson, running around the court, shooting threes, pulling from deep. But, I mean, we couldn't do that without all the people around me and that helped me get open. So it's really just all of us. And finally, off the court, what is your pregame schedule? What do you do to get mentally ready for a big matchup? I see a team. We go together. We go get noodles and company together, and we go back to the locker room, just chill, play some Wii, and just relax. So that's what we do after game. Do you have a pregame song? There, there's not a pregame song. No, we all just kind of hone in together. Maybe, maybe love Sosa after the game. That's a fun one. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for hopping on and best of luck with the rest of your season. All right. Thank you. That was my interview with Ned Hull. And now we're going to get ready for coach versus coach. I know Saturday we all saw the NC State versus UNC game. Do we think Leaky Black's play against Turquavion Smith was a dirty foul? <laughs> I don't think so. Personally. I mean, I think he went for the basketball. He made a basketball play. Uh, he actually made contact with the ball. I think the hard part was just the way that uh, Baby T fell. Um, he, he took a hard fall, and, and it happens sometimes in the game of basketball, but not just because I know Leaky and know the kind of kid he is, but just watching the play as a basketball fan, like, I don't think it was intentional at all. Gary? Um, it, I wouldn't consider it a dirty play, but – by the letter of the rule, if you hit somebody when they're airborne above the shoulders, um, you know, it's a flagrant foul. And I think the fact that when he landed, he didn't get up and, you know, they had to call out, eventually he had to call out the stretcher. Um, I think that probably influenced the official's decision to make it a flagrant two. Uh, like like Randall said, I don't think there was any intent. I think it was a hard basketball play, and um, but by the letter of the law, uh, you you have to follow the rules and, and eject the kid. And Gary, I'll start with you. Would you like to see high schools eliminate JV and varsity double headers and maybe play on different nights at different sites? Yes, um, for academic reasons. 
so kids can get back at a reasonable time uh, for parents so that JV parents don't have to leave work early uh, to go see their kids play. For those two reasons, yes. But do school systems do things that make common sense? No. So, um, you know, it's something that was done over 20 years ago. Um, administrators don't like having to be out two, three nights a week. So they rather do one long night than, than two short ones. So that's, that's the logic behind it. I don't like it, but you have to, that's a principles rule more than anything. Randall. I mean, I think that, you know, the way that the private school teams do it once they get in the conference, I think you can do that no matter what. You know, they play the JV games at one location and the varsity games at another location. I mean, you still have to pay the refs. You still have the same amount of refs. Like, you still have to go through that whole process. But like Gary said, it comes down to the administrators, and they'd rather have one long night rather than have two short ones. For sure. And, Randall, speaking of records and states, Will Lake Norman girls and Central Carabas boys go in unbeaten and win states? I'm going to say no to Lake Norman and yes to Central Cabarrus. There we go. What do you got for <laughs> me, Gary? Uh, <laughs> I hate agreeing with you, Randall. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll let you know that Duke is getting beat right now. It's only one second left in the game. However, I will agree with your statement. Uh, I think Central Cabarrus, this is their year. Uh, they came close last year. Uh, I think they'll they'll get over the hump. I don't think Lake Norman will go undefeated, but that doesn't mean they won't win the state championship. Um, 100%. It, it comes down to matchups. The, the young lady that we had on earlier, uh, Christian, uh, I think, is, is it Lewis Carson, Williams? Carson, Carson Lewis Williams, yep. Yeah. She, she can do it all. She can score. She can rebound. She can assist. I mean, I, I don't know a, anybody that matches up with her in the state. And, and you need that special player uh, to win a state championship. And she's that special player. And like we said, you know, they, they, they all do their job. And that's what kind of makes that Lake Norman team so special. I want to hear from uh... – the guru on this question. What do you think, Rick? Will Lake Norman girls, Central Cabarrus boys win the state this year? Well, Lake Norman has a great chance. Um, they have the one senior, and the, the ironic thing about it is, and I may have alluded to it last week, but they have no juniors, and their top you know, other four players are sophomores and freshmen, so they're a very young team, and, and mm -hmm. I don't see anybody beating them in the conference. So, you know, if they get on that roll, you know, I think they can go ahead and go undefeated. But, you know, they may have to play North Mech again. And they did play North Mech earlier in the year. And I think they were trailing most of the game and they end up winning by one point. So there's a lot of pressure going into the postseason being undefeated. Um, on the boys' side, Central Cabarrus, I think, you know, they have such a unique style of play. Um, and, and Gary alluded to it before, when you get to the state playoffs, it's about matchups. And I think, you know, a lot of teams like a Northwood, when they start playing Central Bears, not many teams are used to that full court pressure from mm -hmm. the start to the finish. And they mm -hmm. press you 94 feet and they, they got guards that really play together. Um, 
you know, I think, you know, you look at the talent of Northwood with Drake Powell and they got the two big guys. Um, I just somehow feel like Central Bears is sort of the team of destiny, and I think they're going to go undefeated and win the state championship. Alex, I wanted to come back to a question that Chelsea asked earlier about eliminating the JV and varsity doubleheaders. What do you think about that? Well, this is another question that might not come down to what want what people want to happen or what should happen. It might come down to a matter of necessity. The current officials shortage is so dire and is getting worse and worse that this might not be an option. It, it might be it might be something we have to stay with. <laughs> I, I mean, it's there just aren't enough officials to go around. I had to cancel a game for tomorrow, a non-conference game that it couldn't get officials. Tried to, I tried to move it, but obviously conference games take precedence at this point, as they should. I had to cancel the game. So it's we're in dire straits, and it's not a matter of what we want to happen. It's can we get officials. And, and it's not going away anytime soon. Fair point. Fair point. It's not going away anytime soon until we change the culture on how officials are being treated at basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was with Q Tucker the other day, and she was telling me a story about a, a man who was berating the officials in the stands, and she told a guy, come on, lay off of him. And he admitted to her, I couldn't be him because if I was him, I wouldn't do the job. So why are you berating him if you want him to do the job? So – that is a that is a big uh, a big issue for the state and something we got to get a hold of before we just can't play games, as Alex said. All right, it's time for the big star of the big show. Man, look at us at nine ten. Grice, if you're watching, this is what I need in the fall, my friend. <laughs> look at Gary laughing. <laughs> I need this in the fall. All right, Arena, your final thoughts. I usually don't use this time for individual players, but I do want to take the time to recognize two players that have just done a great job of leading their team so far. First one being Anastasia Sinclair at South Mech. She's averaging 14 points and seven assists, and they're 7-0 and in conference. She's just been phenomenal for them and really been a leader. And the other being senior forward for Myers Park, Elijah Strong, who's averaging 15 points and five rebounds, and, and really just doing a good job. You know, Sir Muhammad and Bishop Boswell and Sadiq White get a lot of the write-ups and a lot of clippings, but – Elijah has really grown and been a dominant force for them in the paint, and I think it's going to be very important um, for them if they try to make this state playoff push. All right. Rick, is March Park going to win the state title? Uh, if I had to put money on it, I would say yes. It's going to be one heck of a playoff. You look at, you know, they, again, you got Sir Muhammad, who's a top 75 player nationally. He's averaging 15 points a game. Yeah. Elijah Strong's averaging right at 15 points a game. Um, you got Sadiq White, who's probably <coughs> one of the top 25 sophomores in the country. And then you got Bishop Boswell. All four of those guys are basically going to be mid to high major players. And, you know, Elijah Strong's going to Wofford. So, and then you throw in Santana Lynch and, you know, they, they got all the makings to, to make a, a really nice run and win the state championship on paper. They're as talented as any team I've seen in a while. that's come through the public foray. If Myers Park gets to the state title, 
it's going to sell out the the NC State Coliseum. It's going to be. I mean, they have never won a football or basketball state title. That's one of the largest, if not the largest, school in the state. Humongous fan base. That's going to be a zoo in there if they do make and, it. I have and, to and, give uh, credit to the. It may be at Chapel Hill this year, but wherever it is, it's going to be a big crowd. And Drake, and I have to give credit to the Myers Park fan yeah. base because even the game we had at Carmel for the MLK event, mm-hmm. there was as many uh, Myers Park fans as was Carmel. Yeah, yeah. So they'll have a huge they travel away. <laughs> I'm sure our I friend like, Drake. I like mentioned. the fact that they haven't been afraid. To play a tough schedule. No, they're playing. They're, they're playing. They're playing the world. So that, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of times these teams get to the state playoffs, <clears> and <throat> it finally hit dawns on them. Hey, we hadn't had a game this tough before. Yeah, but they'll be well, battle tested should they get well, there. That's yeah. the thing that Myers Park's done this year, and I think traditionally that they they have prepared themselves by playing a very tough schedule. I mean, let's be honest. How many how many public school teams would agree to go play Carmel at Carmel at an MLK event? Uh, and then, of course, being at the Arby's and winning the Arby's, I think that was the thing that sort of set them set them apart. Yeah, yeah no, they're battle tested. Chelsea and Alex, who's going to play My- Myers Park if that's the case in the four A finals? Go ahead, Chelsea. I'm gonna let you go first because I got to think about this. <laughs> I- I'm gonna go with Holly Springs. Holly Springs, what you got, Alex? He's frowning. He don't like that. Uh, it, it took. Until Holly Springs shows it can get over the hump, I mean, th- this this is a team that that never has played in the regional, if I remember correctly. Yeah, not not to my knowledge. In- until Holly Springs shows that it can get over the hump, and and uh, LJ Hep does a tremendous job, but uh, until until they show they can get over the hump, I'll reserve judgment there. Nick Drew doesn't coach basketball, so who's getting the final? That's the inside joke for my football games. Uh, <laughs> once again, it's, it's all going to come down to how the matchups fall. Uh, One team, Alex. One team. Who is it? Until someone shows that they can get by Millbrook, it's going to be hard because th- this is not we were talking about East and West earlier. Yeah. This is not one of the classifications where you would have that stellar East team, one or two East teams that will match up this year. The East teams are going to be in 2A and 3A. Obviously, Farmville Central will have a chance mm-hmm. and Northwood will have a chance. Mm-hmm. But this is not the year not where on paper that, <clears throat> that stellar East team like we've had in the past it's going to be a formidable matchup, whoever it is. And then you have the issue. Let's say you match up with Myers Park, and I'll go ahead and say, um, so So Langston said that Myers Park, if they advance to the state final, will sell out Reynolds Coliseum. Absolutely. Well, if, that, well, if that's the case, if that's the case, then it'll end up being essentially a home game for the Mustangs. No, it won't. Except if they sell out the Coliseum. No, 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 no. I, I just want I just want to no. put it out. It'll be a Mil- home Milbrook, game. How far is Millbrook from NC State? Five minutes, ten minutes? About, about 15 minutes. 15. Okay. All right. Chelsea, and, who's your team, Chelsea? One team out of these. Four. Um, like Alex said, I want to say Millbrook because I've seen them. But Holly Springs, I think, is a good answer. I just haven't seen them play this season. So I think right now I'm sold on Millbrook. Holly Springs has been without their point guard, Micah Jones, for the, mm-hmm. you know, the majority of the season. They just got him back. So I think they'll start clicking again. But um, they've played a pretty tough schedule. I know earlier at one of our events I had them playing John Marshall, 
out of Virginia, which is one of the top teams in the state yeah. of Virginia. And um, yeah. that was a very good game. They end up losing, um, you know, in the last few seconds of the game. Yeah, the other thing you got to remember about Myers Park, as Rick alluded to earlier, big-time players step up in big games. S- Santana Lynch. Oh, that was Santana Moss. Somebody's got to get past Mr. 45 points eventually. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Somebody's got to see Showtime Slim before they get to the state championship game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> should be a, should be a fun run in the 4A playoffs. It should be exciting. I'm loving this, man. It's 915. We're out of here. Grice, I'm telling you, I need hour 15 in football season. That is Randall Clark, the best trainer I know. That's Chelsea Sipple, who's going to be great. Whatever school she goes to, all of y'all send her acceptance letters. Everybody. Hopefully. Especially, who do we want especially? Chapel Hill? Especially Columbia, Columbia, Tennessee. Tennessee already got in. Already uh, got in, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Well, especially Chapel Hill, UNC. Let her yeah. in. Let her in. Rick Lewis, the guru. Alex Bass, the contrarian. Gary Richmond, the coach of all seasons. He coaches everything. Gary <laughs> Williams back from his, his pneumonia battle camp. Hope you continue to get better. And we are talking preps.